there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From Gimlet, this is Reply All. I'm Alex Goldman. And I'm PJ Vote. So we have a segment on the show called Yes, Yes, No, where our boss, Alex Bloomberg, comes to us with some confusing piece of the internet that he doesn't understand, and we explain it to him. Well, normally it's Alex Bloomberg, but today we've kicked him out of the studio in favor of some friends of ours, the hosts of the NPR podcast Invisibilia, Lulu Miller and Elise Spiegel. Yeah, if you've never listened to Invisibilia, it is sort of a show about science, but it's really about ideas and people and their brains and just the weirdness of human behavior. It's really good. Guys, thank you so much for uh, doing the show with us. Heck yeah. Thanks. So we heard, we heard a rumor that you guys have a yes as no for us. We do. we do. So a tweet came to our attention. Should I read it to you? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so Maddie Serafin wrote 2.25 a.m., researching the Berenstein Bears conspiracy theory and wondering if my entire life has been a lie. Right. Okay, so do you guys know what the Berenstein Bears conspiracy is? Yes. Yes. <gasps> do you guys know what the Berenstein Bears conspiracy is? No. no. But I kind of have a theory. I have a theory. What's, What's your theory, Lulu? Okay. I've been wondering about it now for like a week. So I, I keep thinking it's the Berenstein Bears controversy. And if it's the Berenstein Bears controversy, I think that there was a cigarette in the treehouse, which in subsequent publications of the book <laughs> they have removed. But then I'm like, no, it's the Berenstein Bears conspiracy theory. So then I've got to go deeper. And then I think that the author, whose name I cannot recall, and I wished I could do research, but I didn't let myself do any. <laughs> so I think it's that the author, who in my head is a woman, I think that she implanted nihilistic, depressing messages into Berenstein Bear chitter-chatter such that everyone who read it in the, like, early, late 70s and 80s grew up with, like, low-lying, underlying depression, and that's why Americans <laughs> are so depressed. Well, can I tell you my theory? Yeah, what's yours? Yes. Okay, so my theory is that Berenstein, the author, created... <laughs> Wait, is the oh, author's race. last I don't know. Okay. Berenstein, the author, <laughs> created a race of really highly intelligent bears, like super intelligent, mm -hmm. like, like just like the rats of Nim. And those bears create the internet. And then <laughs> to, math, so far. 
their role in the internet, they they like they create like the Berenstein Bears children's books because who would possibly believe that somebody like in a children's book would create the internet? So so in this in this world the um the author of the Berenstein Bears is in fact a highly intelligent bear and the books themselves no. are just a diversion. No 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 no, no. no. The, the author the, is a, the author is like is a, a mad scientist. scientist. Yeah. Oh. Who then creates the the children's books as a diversion. Well, good news guys, you're both right. We can pack <laughs> <it from over. laughs> Okay, so as far as I can remember, the Berenstein Bears were written by Stan and Jan Berenstein. Yeah, a couple named Stan and Jan Berenstein. Okay, Lisa's uh, closer so far. <laughs> One for Elise. Well, so wait, you guys, how do you spell Berenstein Bears? Yeah, how do you spell Berenstein? I think it's like bear, B-E-A-R-E-N-Stein, S-T-E-I-N. Okay. Like, that's okay. what I would do. But yeah, like, I agree with that. Okay, so the, according to this theory, you guys are living in, or perhaps at one point did live in, an alternate reality. Because the way that Berenstein Bears, and, and San Jan Berenstein spell Berenstein is, what is it? So the proper spelling is B-E-R-E-N-S-T-A-I-N, Berenstein. Berenstein, like a stain on a bear. Wait, S-T-A-I-N, Berenstein. Ooh. Yeah, and a few weeks ago, the world collectively woke up to the fact that their name is spelled S-T-A-I-N. And how did, how did this knowledge come to the fore, though? Okay, so there's this guy. His name is Rob Schwartz, and he runs a website called Stranger Dimensions, which is about, like, Loch Ness Monster, telekinesis, stuff like that. And he did this article called Four Weird Clues That Parallel Universes Exist. And those four weird clues were things like deja vu and ghost sightings and One of them was these stories about people who would go to sleep one day and wake up the next morning and something in their life would be subtly different. Uh, But different enough for them to notice and everybody else acted like it was normal. Like what? So like someone would go to sleep and then the next day they would have a different job at their office or their apartment would be located on a different floor of their apartment building. And in the comments of that story, someone said to him, you need to look up the Bernstein Bears problem. And so Rob explains that he remembers Bernstein Bears being spelled S-T-E-I-N. And he basically puts forth this theory that um, we were born in a universe where Bernstein Bears was spelled S-T-E-I-N. And at some point, like, our universe forked into another universe that spells it S-T-A-I-N. Is there anyone who thinks it was Stain, really? Uh, I mean, it is Stain. (laughs) <laughs> but is there anyone who thinks that it always was? <laughs> but is there anyone who really remembers it that way? Actually, now I do want to see a picture of it. I want to see a picture of the book cover. The Berenstain Bears? Wow. Okay, so Elise, this is... it is weird. Wait, sorry. Can I just... Yeah, yeah. Elise, you should look at a book image of the Berenstain. It's unsettling. Oh, you're right. But yeah. I, but what's the conspiracy part? Is the conspiracy... I My guess is that the conspiracy... Are you guys... From... Oh, man, let's make this more complicated. Um, Are you guys familiar with the concept of retconning? Of the concept of who? Retconning? No. No. Okay, so retconning is when you're on season three of a TV show and they're like, um, 
They're like, oh, yes, this is my brother who I've always had who you've never heard about before on the show. It's like retroactive continuity. It's a way to oh. pretend that information happened in the past that never did. And so in you know, in fiction, they'll be like, oh, they retconned it. They, they went back and changed their story. But in real life, sometimes it can feel like someone's retconning you. Like they're they're pretending you have information that you don't have. Or perhaps on a more conspiratorial level, they're re-illustrating an entire run of children's books and changing the last names of the people who wrote them for reasons that do seem conspiratorial and nefarious. Huh. Okay, so the conspiracy is the whole S-T-A-I-N thing is like, that's a huge retcon. Yeah, like that there's some sort of mass psychosis which has been, uh, which has been wrought upon the populace by some powerful force. You know, maybe it was the Rothschilds or something. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I can see that they might have a hand in this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you guys feel like you have it? You want to say it back to us? Okay. So, like, Lulu, do you want to kind of give your version of what the Berenstein Bears... Okay. So, Maddie Serafin, 2.25 a.m., colon... Researching the Berenstein Bears conspiracy theory and wondering if my entire life has been a lie. Okay, so what that means is that Maddie had just heard about this idea that Berenstein is actually spelled Berenstain. She went back, she started looking at children's image Googling the book, and she saw it written as stain. She got prickles on her arms. She started Googling some more to see, did some little gnome, the little Rothschild gnome, go and take every (laughs) single book and repaint it? And or was she living a lie? Was she living in a different reality? And or the far least likely, she just misremembered it. Um... And she's freaking out, and she can't even fall asleep because, as though it's a seemingly inconsequential tiny change in one letter, it is somehow so emotionally powerful that it makes her feel like the universe isn't what she thought, and so she can't sleep. That was awesome. But I have a question. I can yeah. you like? Mm-hmm. I still am dubious that anyone thinks it remembers it as Baron Stain, and like if someone does, could we interview them and, like, put them in an fMRI and try to find where the outlet in their robot head is? Uh, this feels like it's a job for Invisibilia, not for Reply All. <laughs> I would want to hear, though, if somebody, if there is a kid who grew up, you know, everything else the same, but Berenstain was normal to them, they, I would be very happy if they emailed us, at least. So we're at yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah. We got one more yes than you usually do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, All right, guys. you guys. Right. This was so fun. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was fun. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Coming up after the break, a desperate man looks for the undo button on his life. A desperate man named Alex Goldman. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome back to the show. Uh, in our second half, we're going to start with a story from one of my favorite comedians. His name's Max Silvestri. And it's about making a mistake online. Just a warning, if you are listening with kids, now would be a good time to stop. Here's Max. Okay. So um, this is kind of sad. I mostly use my email for notes to myself. Probably 50% of my email is like, reminders to myself or like grocery lists that I take to the store. And uh, I use it a lot for stand-up. I never carry paper with me because I'm a stand-up comedian. Like things happen in life where you want to remember. What I do is I write myself an email if like something weird or funny happens uh, with the subject line to do so that I know that like when I am sitting down to write stand-up, I go through all the emails from myself with to-do. I have, like, a little label for them, and I go through, and I try to, like, write out the bit. Do you have any of these that you can read off your phone? I just, like, want an idea of what, yeah, what totally. you write, write to yourself. One is um, two hospital beds instead of a couch. That is, like, about how— <laughs> That's funny. My girlfriend and I were <laughs> talking about getting a sectional couch, you know, like an L-shape, because we just watch so much TV— that we want to actually lie down, but then we were arguing about, like, well, who will get the lie-down part? And she was like, I'm always going to get it. I'm sorry. And I was like, well, well, maybe we should get, like, a U-sectional so that we have, like, two chaises so we can always both be lying down. And then she's like, I don't even know if that's a thing, and why are we getting the little connecting part in the middle? And what I realized we were arguing for is two hospital beds. We want a sectional with no middle part <laughs> that goes up and down, and you can change the sheets and has a guardrail so you don't fall off. Um, so my home office is my bedroom and I live, uh, right next to an elementary school. Um, and when I say right next to, I mean like I'm on the second floor in the back of a building, probably 10 feet away is their playground. And it's like all I hear all day long while I'm trying to write is, uh, kids at play. And what kids at play sound like is just, ah, 
constantly, <laughs> constantly. And it doesn't seem negative. I don't think it's like a bad school, but it's like it's kind of like bird song. I think it's how they talk to one another because they'll all be just screaming and looking. They'll be like touching involved, but sometimes I feel like they're like telling each other things. So they'll be like ah, ah, and then like two kids will switch groups, and it feels like something was accomplished. And then after like forty-five minutes, the bell goes off. They go inside, and another class comes out. So they just start screaming again. So like during the school year from basically like September and June when I'm trying to like write and work in my apartment, all I hear is kids screaming. And if you are a freelancer and spend a lot of time alone in your apartment, um, sometimes you take breaks. I take a sort of break often where um, I masturbate. I have nothing to be ashamed of, Alex. Uh, I agree. But so when it comes time to take this break, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying it's scheduled, but like, you know, it's like a mid-afternoon thing. Um, these kids are always outside screaming, so uh, I've realized I had this like ritual to like prepare <laughs> the room for blocking them out. So I would put music on so I wouldn't hear the screams, and then I would close the curtains. So I was doing these two things: the noise <laughs> and the curtains with with startling regularity, and I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, I need to uh, make a joke out of this because this is so embarrassing that I have, like, a little routine before um, I masturbate. Uh, So I took my phone out, and I sent myself a quick email that was the subject line to do, and then the body was close curtains before jerking off in front of children. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a brisk sentence, but, like, it's just for me. To remember, you know, um, so I sent it and I was like, that'll be, I'll hopefully make a story out of that. And then like a few days later, I was like looking through all my like to do things to like write a bit. So I searched and it did pop up in my sent items, but uh, this has never happened before. I had not sent it to myself. Gmail, I guess in my hurry <laughs> to get this email sent, had not auto-completed my own name, Max Silvestri. It had auto-completed another Max that was in my contacts, who I don't even really speak with. This makes me feel, I just feel so queasy right now. (laughs) I feel sick to my stomach. Even if I was like, no, I was just writing a joke about how I close the curtains before I jerk off in front of you. Like, that's not a, you wouldn't be like, oh, no, 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 yeah, totally, totally, I get that. We all all do that. Um, And he did not do me the courtesy of replying and then I realized he'd unfriended me on Facebook. Have you written drafts of the email that you want to send him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I had like real like I could have just replied to the one I sent, being like, "Hey," but I, I got as far as "Hey." <laughs> so he's out there in New York. You could run into him at any moment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm moving to Los Angeles soon, and I feel like probably a large reason is just that I never run into him ever again. Because <laughs> I, I, I think maybe I'm willing to tell this story and put it out there. Um, I feel like this is the only way to dissolve the tension with him, is just be like, hey, this is what the misunderstanding comes from. I, I can't handle emailing you directly about it and having to explain my thought process, but now I've worked it out. You know, I've used this mic here as a... Uh, like therapy. Uh. <laughs> so that was very bad. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, it was worse than bad. Okay, yeah, it's worse than bad. And it actually reminds me of an Alex Goldman story that I don't think you've ever talked about on the radio. Yeah, it's a little painful to talk about on the radio, to be honest, which is, I assume, why you're bringing it up. That is partly true. But also, I think that the same way that Max's story feels like a real-life waking nightmare, yours has that same quality. 
And we've been working on this new segment called Undo, 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 where we want our listeners to send in stories of the worst single accidental moment where they sent an email that they shouldn't have or posted something that they shouldn't have, the thing that they most want to take back. And I don't think it's fair to ask other people to give us their stories of that if you're not willing to tell your story of that. So I think you have to tell your story of that. All right. So I I had just broken up with a girl who I'd been, uh, that I'd been dating for. Okay. Let me, let me start over. How old were you when this (laughs) happened? So I was 20, I was in my early twenties. It was the AOL instant messenger era. I was living in a college town and I had just broken up with a woman and I, had started dating a new woman fairly shortly afterward. Like a few months? No, like a couple weeks. Oh, geez. I knew that. (laughs) So um, I was doing what I always did at the time, which was log into AOL and chat at my friends. And if my friends weren't there, leave them long soliloquies that they could respond to when they show up. And um, I went to chat one of my friends and tell him sort of, you know, my psychological status at the time, like what, how I felt about my previous relationship, how I felt about this current relationship, all the complicated emotions I had about having broken up with someone and all the excitement I had about dating someone new. And how were you feeling about your ex and how were you feeling about the person you were currently dating? I was feeling guilt about my ex-girlfriend. I was feeling very excited about the current relationship. Um, and you know, I, it was, it's all complicated. It was one of those complicated situations where you feel sad about something ending and simultaneously excited about something beginning. And, um, I, 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 I dumped all of this information onto AOL, onto AIM. I got up, I went to get something from the fridge or use the bathroom or something. I don't remember. I sat back down and looked at the screen and realized that I had sent this not to my friend but to my ex-girlfriend. I had sent her all this information about how I felt about her, about this new relationship she had no idea about, and I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Jesus Christ. And um, it was just sort of hanging there. She had not responded to it. Um, it It was like a bomb in free fall that had not yet detonated. But at any moment, she could just walk to her computer and she would see all of this. So what? how did you come clean? Like, what kind of email did you send her apologizing? Oh, my God. Why are you doing this to me? This is the worst. This makes me want to die. So I, I, lived, I lived in a college town, and it was small, and she did not live far away. So rather than being a normal human being and coming clean and maybe having a conversation that might have brought some closure to our relationship, or at least made me seem somewhat respectable. I just, um, I ran over to her house. I knocked on her door. And for the life of me, I cannot remember what I said, but I basically got into her house on false pretenses. Did she let you in or did someone else let you in? She let me in. She lived alone. So I got it. I, I knocked on her door and I told her and I said, we need to talk. And it was clear to me by her demeanor that she had not yet seen this I am. Like, I, I was okay. I came in, and I talked to her for a minute, and then I said I needed to use the bathroom. And I went to the bathroom, and on my way back from the bathroom, I went into her study, turned on her monitor, and closed the I am window. That's amazing. 
It's not amazing. It's like such a chump move. The whole thing is so bad. Like, it just makes me feel so terrible. Like, you wish that you'd been more straightforward or whatever. Either I wish I'd been smarter in the first place, or if I had done it, like, I could have just owned up to it and not been such, like, a weasel (laughs) that I had to sneak into someone's house. So we're kind of on the hunt now, right? Like, we want to find... We want to find out if there's a story that is as bad or worse than either of these. Like, like the world is vast and infinite, and, like, people's capacity for mistakes is even larger. I just want to know if there is anybody who listens to the show who can say, like, something like this happened to me, but it was much, much worse than a message that causes you to break and enter and commit computer crimes. Yeah, so we want your stories of a mistake that you made in an instant online. It doesn't have to be sexual or about a relationship. It doesn't even have to be an email that went to the wrong place. If you've had one of these moments, you already know what we're talking about. So if you do have one of these, record a voice memo of yourself on your phone and send it to undo at gimletmedia.com. That's our preference only because the sound quality is better. If you don't have a smartphone, call our voicemail at 917-475-6668. I never even considered that I was committing a computer crime. Do you think the statute of limitations is uh, passed on that? How long ago is it? Uh, over 10 years ago, probably 12, 13. Statute of Limitations, Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. (laughs) Oh, there's a two-year statute of limitations. All right. Reviles me, PJ Vote, and Alex Goldman were produced by Tim Howard, Shruti Pimanani, and Fia Benin. Production help this week from Sylvie Douglas. We were engineered by Rick Kwan. If you cannot get enough of me and Alex, um, we dropped in on BuzzFeed's Internet Explorer podcast this week. It was really fun. You should go give it a listen. Matt Lieber is a night to yourself just long enough so you remember you like other people. Our theme music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder, and our ad music is by Build Buildings. Our Matt Lieber this week was from Lulu Miller, who sent us an email full of great ones. You can find more episodes of our show at iTunes.com slash ReplyAll and at ReplyAll.Rodeo. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next Wednesday.